Hello again, and welcome back to a new episode of Piano Rhapsody, an amateur's guide to classical piano. This is a podcast where you follow me, an amateur piano player, working my way up from intermediate to playing pieces like Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. But getting there takes work, and time. So along the way, we take a look at one of the pieces I stumble across along the road, and I try to put that work into context for you by looking at its historical background and the musicality that runs through it. And hopefully, by the end, we can all appreciate the piece a little bit better and can use that knowledge to build upon more difficult and complex works in the future. This is episode 4.5, the final stretch in our Back to the Basics with Bergmuller series. For the past four episodes, we have been breaking down different etudes in Bergmuller's Opus 100, and today we will complete our discussion on this work. So let's dive right into the first in our trio of etudes today, number 22, Barcarolle. Just like the Tarantella that we discussed in episode 4.4, Barcarolles have deep Italian roots. Barca is the Italian word for boat and barcarolles were traditional folk songs that were sung by the gondoliers in Venice. The most popular barcarolles were written during the Romantic period, which for a quick review started in the 1800s. But they have a history dating back to the late 18th century. They are written in a moderately paced meter, meant to simulate the pacing of a rowing stroke. They have a strong, song-like melody line that shines throughout the piece, so they were popular and lended themselves quite nicely to opera. Like one of the most famous Barcarolles by Offenbach from the opera The Tales of Hoffman. But there are also examples of Barcarolles for solo piano by a host of Romantic-era composers, like Chopin, Mendelssohn, Liszt, Faure, and, of course, Bergmuller. Similar to its Italian counterpoint dance, the Tarantella, Bergmuller's Barcarolle also has that same 6-8 compound meter, giving it a feeling of two sets of triplets. This etude is significantly slower than the Tarantella, however, so you can get an idea that even though the pieces share the same rhythmic meter, they can still sound rather different. The idea here is to bring out the melody and let it sing just like it would be sung by a gondolier in Venice. This etude is about transporting the listener to a specific place. So off to Italy we go with Bergmuller's Etude No. 22 from Opus 100, Barcarolle.
The penultimate etude, number 24, is titled The Swallow. And no, it's not about a big wad of gum. It's about a bird. Pairing this etude with the wagtail from episode 4.3, and we might as well start ourselves a musical aviary. So this etude is supposed to paint a picture of a swallow in flight. The technique that Bergmuller uses to paint this picture is to require the use of frequent hand crossing while playing the piece. The melody of this etude is actually entirely played by the left hand, which frequently jumps over the right hand to hit the higher notes, then jumps right back down. Let me isolate the left hand melody so you can get an idea of what is required of the left hand here. This is a tricky concept to master, as it requires large jumps across the keyboard, so accuracy is vital, especially since the left hand is the one carrying the melodic line. The right hand has the easier job for once, by playing filler 16th notes to bring a quick energy to the piece, simulating the flapping wings of the bird. You know, I never gave it much thought, but composers like to write about birds quite a bit. I can think of several other examples right off the top of my head. Maybe we could do a series on music inspired by birds in the future. There's a lot I want to fit in, but we'll put that idea on the back burner for now. In the meantime, let's listen to this etude about one of these little feathered guys. This is number 24 in Bergmuller's Opus 100, The Swallow. And here we are, at the top. Time to conclude Opus 100 with the 25th and final etude. And I'm going to butcher this one in the original French. La Chevaleresque. And I say the original title because nobody can apparently agree on a good English translation. I've seen this etude's title span everything from an errant knight to the horse riding of a titled lady to trotting, to chivalry. And while we all know I do not speak French, I'm betting that chivalry is the closest translation. The etude contains three parts in the form of A, B, A, C. 
or you could probably make an argument that this is also written in Bergmuller's favorite rounded binary form of ABA, and that he just slapped on an elongated coda at the end, since this is, after all, the finale of Opus 100. The etude opens in the same key as the first one, C major. Part A is written in a bouncy march style, which lends itself well to horses trotting around the arena, so I definitely understand the translations related to horses. Then the second part switches to the key of the subdominant. Subdominant is a term used to name the fourth degree of a scale. So if we started in C major, the subdominant would be C, D, E, F major. This part introduces a delicate triplet rhythm and has extensive usage of the chromatic scale. Here, the etude returns back to the Part A march sequence in preparation for its finale. To close out Opus 100, Bergmuller launches a flurry of C major scales across the right and left hands, then brings it all home with roughly how it started in the good old chord of C major. So let's listen to the finale. This is number 25, in Bergmuller's Opus 100, La Chevaloresque. And with that, we've arrived at the end of our first complete opus. Hopefully these short, simplistic etudes 
or easily digestible palate cleansers and whet your appetite for what is to come. So where do we go from here? I'd like to spend a good chunk of the rest of the year going through another historic journey, but this time slowing things down and focusing on one period and one composer at a time. Sometimes we'll look at a specific work, like we just did with Bergmuller, and sometimes we'll survey a variety of works by a composer. I'd also like to stick with well-known composers for a while, and try to build our ear in recognizing the styles of some of the heaviest hitters in classical piano. So starting next week, we're going all the way back to the Baroque period to spotlight the king of the era, Mr. Johann Sebastian Bach. We'll explore a collection of his works called Inventions. So come back next week as we reset back to the beginning with a Bach Baroque spotlight. Until then. The standalone recordings for the three etudes we discussed in this episode can be found in the podcast feed. And you could also find a link to the sheet music in the episode descriptions. If you'd like to hear all of the etudes from Opus 100, even the ones we didn't talk about on this podcast, you can find my complete recording of Bergmuller's work on the Piano Rhapsody SoundCloud page. Did you have a favorite etude from Opus 100? If so, feel free to tweet me at Piano Rhapsody or email me at pianorhapsodypodcast at gmail.com. What else? Oh, of course. Thanks to you. Appreciate your ears. Appreciate your time. Talk to you next week as we start another chapter.